0: Blog Talk Radio. Do you watch Fox News all day? Are you dizzy from conservative spin? Are you a birther or teabagger? You might be suffering from a condition called barachnophobia. If so, the only cure is Liberal Dan Radio. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Block Talk Radio. Warning, Liberal Dan Radio is not a substitute for doctor's advice. Severe cases of proactophobia may require psychiatric help. This may prove expensive if Republicans repeal health care. Listening to Liberal Dan Radio may cause you to embrace things like facts, logic, and reason. If these symptoms last for more than four hours, you have been cured. For more information, go to Liberaldan.com. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the West, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That's area code 347-838-8368. Or you can join us in the chat room on a Blog Talk Radio page. Uh, leave your questions in the chat room there over at blogtalkradio.com. Or if you're listening... Um, there, you could always hit the Skype button and connect that way. Or if you're listening after the live broadcast, you could always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc., over on the show thread at Liberaldan.com. Uh, the election is, you know, still underway, and we still have lots of interesting stuff to talk about. Uh, unfortunately, I was a little late prepping for the show today, so my my typical headlines bit of... Uh, I'm just gonna have to skip that one today because you know, oh well, um, but you know, you read the news, you c- you can make your own snarky comments about it this time. Um, so we got you know lots of lots of stuff going on to discuss. Um, first of all, I think since the last time we've spoken, I think, or since I've been on on the air, Trump finally, you know, secured the nomination, not necessarily by getting the most votes you know, or the required number of delegates that he would need to get to win, but he managed to get everyone else to drop out, uh, which I guess at the end of the day, it's if everyone's left the race, well, then you're the presumptive nominee by itself. They're still voting, they're still going on the people still are on the ballot. But Trump is just now will more likely than not run away with the whole thing. Um, you know, unless something some miracle happens and he just tanks, but I doubt that that's gonna happen. Now what can happen at the convention? Are there are there some is there a secret plot at the convention? It's possible. Um, I've heard. I, b- I believe, if I, if I have this correctly, you have a situation where the uh, Democrat rules for the convention are already in place, so you're going to follow the they follow the rules as they are. But I believe the Republican rules still technically have yet to be written, so the rules as to how they pick their nominee is going to be voted on at the or are going to be voted on at the election at the at the convention itself. So it's possible that people could try and pull some shenanigans to either not count certain people based on whatever criteria they might want to argue Uh, something that i heard that could be used uh, against you know trump perhaps is uh, trying to disqualify any state that does that allows for open primaries Um, so if, if you had non republicans voting in your primary maybe you shouldn't be counted uh, maybe but maybe they should who knows but and if you play shenanigans with it that way who knows what could happen um, at the end of the day but I mean I'm not necessarily going to suggest that this will happen I just think that it could happen, and I'm quite disappointed that that Cruz dropped out. I was very much looking forward to, you know, perhaps Trump not getting the first ballot vote, and then seeing all the shenanigans that go on with all of the delegates that he tried um, to get in Trump states. For example, trying to trying to convince people who are Trump supporters to or who are not, to be to are Cruz supporters to be Trump delegates that after their first vote, or whatever, whenever they're released and become unpledged delegates, they can then vote however they want, and then they would automatically flip and go to other people. I was very much looking forward to that going on. I would have loved to have seen that happen That shenanigans. But it seems, apparently, the, the most shenanigans that we're possibly going to see in this election are shenanigans dealing with the Democratic Convention. Um, because despite Bernie Sanders campaign manager saying after um, they lost four of those five states, I believe it happened on that night when when Sanders lost Pennsylvania and Maryland, and I think he only won Connecticut, I want to say. He lost all of those four of those five, and, and Hillary had a resounding win in Maryland, had a solid win in Pennsylvania increased her delegate lead um, to about 300-ish. And the campaign manager basically said at that point, at this point, it becomes a fight for delegates to try and push the party to the left on policy issues. And I said, I have no problem with this. Since then, the Bernie Sanders campaign has decided that it's going to not just be fighting for that and not just fighting under the idea that every state should have a say as to what the policy position of the democratic party should be. So people who come out and vote for me are voting to support my platform. And as such, you know, the more people that come out to support my platform, the more people are the more, the more likely that the democratic party is to embrace at least some portion of it for the overall policies that will be pushed for in this election. Now, Bernie Sanders is basically saying, We're gonna fight until the election. If I don't have a if I don't have a majority of the delegates by the election, then well it's kind of been left up in the air. So at some points i will say it's a fight for the fight for the party platform. Other times it is, you know, there's the idea that Sanders is pushing now that even though the Sanders campaign suggested that the pledged superdelegates should vote with the pledged delegates of the states states that they're in. Um, And then that's been coming on. That was for a long time. That was the rallying cry of Sanders supporters and his campaign. Now it's even more so them saying that he's trying to make the case that he's the one that could beat Trump the most so why wouldn't you pick him instead of her? Well, why wouldn't you beat him? Why wouldn't you pick him? Because he didn't get the most pledged delegates. And, and superdelegates are, you know, the whole idea that one of the arguments that was being made, they were being made about Bernie Sanders and by Sanders supporters especially, it's like, oh, if the superdelegates go against the will of their state, then we're going to primary them and we're going to try and kick them all out. Well, the superdelegates are now going with the pledge delegates and they're supporting how the pledge delegates are falling. And now they're going to try and be mad at them for not going to make up your mind. Are you going to be mad at the superdelegates for, for going with the, the, how the delegate vote goes? Or are you going to be mad at the superdelegates for not going how the delegate count goes? It doesn't make any sense, except for the fact that they're desperate and they want him to win, and because they can't get it this way, they're going to ch- change their mind and say, we're going to do it that way, which is, you know, unfortunate because, you know, at least with a consistent message, perhaps he would have had more of an opportunity to, you know, if he would have said who day one, the superdelegates if he would have said the superdelegates should have should vote for whoever they feel is likely to win in the fall if that's what he would have has the position that he would have held from day 1 fine. but he didn't hold that position from day 1 now the superdelegates in 2008 you know Hillary had all the superdelegates and then Obama started taking them away because he campaigned smart Obama, Bernie Sanders, has not campaigned smart. Bernie Sanders pretty much ignored the South. I mean, he had operatives down here. He had people, I guess, working to try and get something going. But it obviously wasn't enough. Because, and again, that's what, what I said last week, is that the South killed him. The South absolutely destroyed his chances. Because he didn't win the South. Because he lost by the South by the margin that he did he put himself in a hole that is in what would be impossible to climb out of. Um, so I really, you know, don't know why he thinks that that the superdelegates would come their way and say, Oh, well, you know, we're going to vote for you. Despite your inability to run the campaign that you needed to win, to win the primary election. Cause you can't win the primary election. Why should we believe that she's going to win the general election, despite what polling says? Now, people will say, well, well, Sanders is beating Trump by a larger percentage than Hillary is beating Trump, or there's this one poll out today that says something that they're tied, that Hillary and Tr- Hillary and uh, Trump are tied, so we need to go follow that. Well, here's the thing with that. it's You don't choose the president by the popular vote. It is possible that Bernie Sanders could get potentially more popular votes than Hillary, but she could get less he could get less electoral votes than Hillary because of how our system works. You can get more electoral votes with less voters. And something I I kind of alluded to that, you know, one of the things that bothers me, I guess, the most about the Bernie or bus crowd is that they're willing there is, is their willingness to throw away um, the election uh, in the fall because their candidates didn't win and they stay home. But what's going to happen if Bernie Sanders wins? Well, how will that affect Democrats in the fall? If Bernie Sanders wins and gets the superdelegates to come his way, despite losing the pledge delegates, I think that could be interesting, and I'm going to discuss that after the break. Uh, taking your phone calls as well, 347 838 area code 347 this is Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the last, that's right. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency, and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings.
1: I am sick and tired of the propaganda in today's media. You know, we can't have a sane discussion about
0: politics. Well, yes, you can, and it's on ROJS Radio Live with the girls, Monica R.W., and Autumn F. I'm there every week when they discuss Michigan and national politics, job
2: search, unemployment, and more from an independent, laugh, sanity-based point of view. So, tune in, OJS Radio Live, Saturdays and Sundays at 11
0: a.m. sharp here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Welcome to Liberal Dan Radio, Talks from the Left, That's Right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. And you can also be in the chat room and discuss questions in there. You can Skype from the chat room, or you can go to the... uh, You can go to the... Uh, show thread on liberaldan.com after the show. Um, before I get to the topic that I discussed, um, you know, one of the interesting things that popped up was that Trump, one of the Trump potential Trump delegates in California, uh, has uh, is a white supremacist, and this of course got everybody drooling. Um, I had some criticism for all in with Chris Hayes tonight, and I'll get into that afterwards. But first, uh, first time in a long time. Words of Redneck Wisdom. And now, this week's Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio.
1: ...for white people, because the whites now are so afraid to be proud of their heritage because they're called bad names, if they are. What is it about Mr. Trump that you like? Mr. Trump is the real deal. He does not govern, he will not govern by public opinion polls. He says what's on his mind. This is kind of like what um, Ron Paul did. This is what um, Bernie Sanders is doing. And that's a refreshing change from the politicians that we've had for many decades. That is probably the, the best thing. About him, and uh, what endears him to most people in general. Do you think that he shares your views in terms of the decline of the United States because of other races coming to the United States? Well, now I have not said that America has declined for that reason. You I'm that we are being distra- we are being dispossessed, but um, I, I have not attributed it to the other other races, and you''re you're, you're saying things that I have not said. But, but I do believe that when you replace one people with another, that is not a good thing, whether it takes place in Mongolia or in Sweden. Um, I, I think that Donald Trump has to be a president for all people. That's what all the presidents must, must do. It is up to me as an advocate for the, the white, white group to push our agenda Um, more than any other agenda. That's my responsibility. His responsibility is to lead the entire country. Mr. Johnson, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it.
0: You have just heard more words of redneck wisdom brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. And there you go. So, um... Getting, replacing races is bad, apparently, according to this guy and this guy. Um, now, to be fair, and actually, um, I think uh, all in with Chris was was a little bit um, intellectually dishonest on his show tonight. I was watching a little bit a little bit of that before I started planning uh, for my show, um, and basically, he, he played the same clip that I just played in words of redneck wisdom, and he asked a Republican congressman of how he feels about being part of the same coalition that supports Donald Trump as this guy. And I'm like, okay, well, because Twitter is limited in how much space you can use, i basically say, come on, all in with Chris. If A supports T and B supports T, that doesn't mean that A and B agree on all issues be better than that. And that's kind of the thing that, you know, you know, people use, you know, guilt by association, you know, the the whole thing where, you know, look, if you're friends and hanging out with and drinking beers and slapping high fives with people that are known Klansmen, then, you know, maybe that's a point that, you know, guilt by association might be okay. But if you have white supremacists supporting Donald Trump and you have non-white supremacists supporting Donald Trump. It's not okay to suggest that all whites, that if you support this Donald Trump, you're a white supremacist. It's just an illogical comment to make. Uh, I guess the best example would be when, when the conservatives who uh trying to tell people how bad evolution is, they will say, well, Hitler believed in evolution, too. Hitler supported Darwinism. Well, yeah, so Hitler breathes. Does that mean that anybody who breathes is going to murder 6 billion Jews? I mean, you run out of Jews really fast. Um, furthermore, it's ridiculous to suggest that there is any sort of correlation or causation there that that just because if if you support Trump, if this person supports Trump and that person is white supremacist, that means that anybody who supports Trump is the white supremacist. That's just not logical. And all in with Chris Hayes should do much better than what he just did. And look, I will criticize liberals for doing things that I disagree with. For example, uh, on a conversation, um, you know, I've called on the show, I've already said that I believe Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, should step down. Um, but uh, Debbie Grossman Schultz and Alan Grayson, uh, supported this bill. It's H.R. Thir- 1737, uh, which eliminated the uh, Consumer um, Financial Protection Bureau in 2013-2. Uh, this rule was basically dealing with uh, indirect auto lenders, uh, basically say, saying that people under certain, basically saying if you if you were in the same um, credit score group, That you similar credit scores should get similar interest rates. And there was a practice where, where a you know a third party, a lot of people go through third parties to try and get uh, a loan for a car, and or they'll go through the dealer and they'll say, okay, the dealer gets it through a third loan through a third party, and then they they get I guess whatever whoever approved for the loan, but the auto the dealership adds on like maybe a percentage point or two depending on who it is. And apparently the higher interest rates were going to the um, minorities. And so it was basically making it more expensive. So the CFPB, the consumer financial protection bureau, uh, basically created this rule that said, no, you can't do that. And HR 1737, did two things: it created oversight or a requirement that any regulation made by them needed to have hearings and needed to get some investigatory work done, or some surveys done, sampling done, or whatever. Look, it's a lot of people are suggesting that this is, you know, taking away their power. I don't necessarily disagree with the idea that you should be able to have you should be required to have public hearings before creating a rule. Um, but there was no reason why they had to actually take that, you know, make, make, eliminate the rule in question when they could have instead said, okay, this rule will expire in a year if you don't hold a hearing on it as required by this law and then amend it as necessary in order to um, be up to stuff. There was no reason to reject, to to eliminate the rule out of hand, but they did it anyway. And all the Republicans supported it. So it's going to pass no matter what. But Demi Washington, Schultz and Alan Grayson, and 86 other Democrats supported it as well. So I was a little surprised at Alan Grayson there because he's typically, you know, he would typically be one of the people that I would think that the extreme left would be very supportive of, but he might have gone a little cuckoo. Um, I think he might have always been a little cuckoo. But I don't understand it. So I asked him on my on Twitter. I said, please explain your vote. Please explain yes vote on H.R. 1737. Um, I have yet to hear back from him. I um, probably won't hear back from him, but the question is out there. It's being posed. And if Maybe if you're a constituent of Mr. Grayson or you just want to get some res, another answer for yourself, if you're able to contact uh, Alan Grayson's office and get an answer from him, by all means, call me up. Let me know. I'd love to hear his response. Or he's more than welcome to come on the podcast as well and also explain uh, explain that response or explain that vote because I think uh, – um, whatchamacallit, it doesn't seem like it's uh, the right one. Also, I also want to do uh, – Meghan McCain, this is, I guess, falls under Tweet of the Week category. Not Megan McCain's, uh, but Monica is liberal um, at Twitter. Uh, I hope history remembers those who gave up their conservative principles for the cult of personality and celebrity and those who didn't. Uh, Vagina Avenger, <laughs> that's her name, TM. Monica is liberal says, your dad picked Sarah Palin as his running mate, dot, 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 which I thought was pretty much... Damn, damn funny and astute. And I believe that is why uh, that would be tweet of the week for this week. Um, Another point, interesting point I guess I made is that, um, you know, one of the, as soon as Trump dropped out of the race, and I'm going to get to that point, I think, after the the news block, I'll get to the point that I was going to make at the beginning of this segment, which was, which, you know, some of the Bernie Sanders supporters. I'm going through my tweet, my Twitter list right now. Um, some of the Bernie Sanders supporters are out there, and, and I predicted this. As soon as Trump dropped out of the race, I'm like, well, in all the open states, now the Bernie Sanders supporters are going to go run out trying to get the conservative independents to come vote in the Democratic primaries in order to, you know, maybe ho- lift up their guy a little more. Now, this is why I don't believe that non-Democrats should be able to vote in the Republican or in the Democratic primary. And I'm a a non-party voter. And I did. when When I registered as no party after the Louisiana Democratic Party endorsed unrepentant felon Edwin Edwards for Congress, I left the party knowing that I would not be able to vote in the Democratic primary in the state of Louisiana which is how it should be. I, as a non-party voter, should not have a say in who the Democratic Party, or should at least not have a vote in how the Democratic Party picks its nominee, because I'm not a Democrat right now. I'm liberal. I support Democrats far more often than I support conservatives, Republicans, or either, any, any kind of variety of, of conservative out there. But the idea that I should have a vote Or that I'm somehow being disenfranchised because it's crazy. But now Bernie Sanders supporters are who have so much faith in Bernie Sanders and his ability to win, they need to go court the conservative vote in order to get them out there. Even though they criticize Hillary for courting conservatives, you know, from the Bush side, from the Jeb Bush side, it's just, it's just. Frustrating To see the hypocrisy on their part um, And They it, It's just There's so many of them I mean I have friends on Facebook Who they're so Diehard you know, One thing that, I, that one of them told me and I, and, I, and I had to laugh Is that he believes That they're going to get three million people to come protest the Democratic National Convention three million and I was like well what's your end game with that are you gonna what, what are you gonna do what are those three million people going to do if on the floor of the of the delegation the floor of the of, of the convention that they choose to the superdelegates choose to support uh, the person who has the pledged delegate lead going into the convention? If that person is Hillary Clinton, what are you going to do? And with all he basically said riot, and I'm like, oh, doesn't seem you know you're you're pushing for a democratic result, you're complaining about the non-democratic process of this of the primaries, yet you you think you want to change things by rioting, you want to change the the vote, you want to force their hand and force them to vote for Bernie Sanders. With uses of force instead of using your your intelligence and your and your and your wit and your your ideas. If you don't you don't win the battle of ideas, you don't try and force it via might. So it's it's just there, there's so much stuff that can be talked about with you know the Bernie or bus guys. Um, And like one of them, I'm guessing if Clinton loses to Trump, ten party activist operatives will try and blame Bernie as a way to avoid blaming themselves. And I said, no, I'll put some of the blame on Bernie or bus voters uh, in states that matter, but I won't blame Bernie directly. Actually, if Bernie campaigns against Hillary, then I will blame Bernie directly. But uh, I'm assuming that Bernie Sanders won't challenge Hillary Clinton as a third-party candidate or just attack her as a non-candidate uh, during the election process. Or if he maybe if he endorses Trump, that would be even more bizarre. I can't imagine um, him actually, you know, doing that. You know, I, it, it would seem silly. I don't think it's actually going to happen. Um, anyway, let's go ahead and take the middle break, uh, the news block. I'll go ahead. and We can take your calls after the break as well. That's area code 347-838-8368. This is Liberal Band Radio. Talk from the left, that's right.
2: a production of Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Port and freight drivers joined union leaders from the U.S. and Europe Wednesday calling on XPO Logistics to address serious labor issues. They came to the XPO shareholders meeting in Greenwich, Connecticut to request a meeting with CEO Bradley Jacobs. The Teamsters say XPO port and rail drivers are fighting company wage theft in excess of $200 million because of persistent misclassification as independent contractors. The Teamsters, Fred Potter. They
1: label- independent contractors, but there's nothing in the about them. XPO has lost every case at every investigation by any governmental agency, any court case. They have lost every one of them and found that the workers are misclassified. There have been a number of strikes in Los Angeles and San Diego because the workers are standing up for the rights and the companies violated the National Labor Relations Act. So we asked the company to address these issues and address the concerns of the employees to recognize their right to
2: join or form a union. Miami XPO driver Juan Sapiro says that XPO is also using subcontractors to take work from full-time XPO workers. The company
1: or management keeps doing the same thing over and over. They keep hiring subcontractors and taking basically our food away.
2: Thierry Mayer is a French XPO driver and member Of the CGT
1: Union. Unfortunately, it appears that financial interests trump uh, human interests in this company. It's apparent that the human concerns are not the priority for the company, and our goal is to reverse that tendency within the company. human doit être avant le capital. The human values must come before the values of capital.
2: The drivers and union leaders say a new family has been created globally among unions at XPO to convince the company to honor labor rights. Workers cheated out of overtime compensation at the Indian Health Service will soon be applying for the money they're owed. The Laborers International Union of North America says a $55 million IHS justice fund is the culmination of seven years of litigation and negotiations by the union on behalf of IHS workers cheated out of overtime pay between 2006 and 2015. Meetings are being held later this month to begin getting the money to the workers. IHS violated the Fair Labor Standards Act. By not paying the workers what they were owed, Launa represents about 11,000 Indian Health Service workers. WIN is made possible in part by the Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Employees Division of the Teamsters Union and by the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades. You've been listening to WIN, workers' independent news. For more information, visit laborradio.org.
0: Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 347-838-8368. That is area code 347-838-8368. You can also join us in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. You uh, can connect via Skype that web, via that page as well. Finally, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over at the show thread on liberaldan.com. Now, what I was talking about before the two breaks ago was the idea that, okay, so Bernie or Buck's people threaten the outcome in the fall because there are people who just love Bernie and hate Hillary so much that they can't stand to see him not be the Vietnam nominee and they just will sit home or they'll go vote third party. Apparently, according to West Virginia, some of them will vote for Trump. But then again, some of Hillary's supporters in West Virginia polled also said that they would vote for Trump instead of so that was just bizarre. But anyway, so there's there's you know, I've said for a while that that these people, you know, risk us losing the election in the fall. And by us I mean liberals Uh, And this country loses if it gets a Republican president who will be able to name maybe three, as some people are potentially suggesting, Supreme Court nominees, including uh, the Scalia nominee, because it doesn't look like they're going to act on it. But let's say, for example, Bernie Sanders makes a compelling argument. Let's say, for example, um, that Bernie Sanders says, look, look, superdelegates. Maybe he finishes strong. Maybe he, even though he doesn't, maybe he doesn't win them by a lot, but maybe he wins every state except for New Jersey because he's not winning New Jersey. Let's say he wins every other state, closes the gap a little bit, but wins California, wins other places. Let's say he does all these things, but he still goes into the convention without the delegate, without the pledged delegate lead. Because the pledge delegate lead, to me, if nobody wins the superdelegates, it, it, there's a compelling case to be made that the superdelegates support whoever has the pledge delegate lead. This is, of course, what Bernie Sanders would want. Now, at least pre two months ago, Bernie Sanders would have wanted. Now, what happens if Bernie Sanders convinces superdelegates to vote for him? He says, look, Hillary is not going to be able to beat Donald Trump. I am the superior candidate. I bring out lots of people. You need to vote for me for president as delegates instead of her. Allow me to have the nomination. Come to, come, to come to, come to butthead. Come to me. Uh, Come to butthead. Anyway, um, come to me. Come support my, my campaign. And we will, we will be able to win this election. He, he will make that argument. Uh, he will try and convince the delegates, superdelegates, to come over his side. And let's say he does. Let's say he actually is successful. He makes a compelling argument to these superdelegates saying, look, then they say, look, we don't think Hillary can win. We think this election is too important to allow Hillary Clinton the run against Donald Trump, so we're going to, against the will of the voters, select Bernie Sanders and have him be our nominee. I, I mean personally, I have said from day one that I'm supporting the Democratic nominee. And we make it hard for that to happen. Probably would still because at the end of the day, I probably still would say, look, despite shenanigans, I would still vote for Bernie Sanders in that case because it was it would be more important to have a Bernie Sanders in the presidency than Donald Trump. I'm just wondering how many Hillary supporters who are died-in-the-wool Hillary supporters who are as avid you know, who are who are emphatically supporting her, who are, who are donating money to her, who are who are in behind her campaign hundred percent working for her. How many Hillary supporters would then look at the results of that election and say, Come on. Look is he won the pledge delegate counts. He has more votes, he has more delegates, so pledge delegates elected than any other why are you not going to support Hillary Clinton? And it's possible that Hillary Clinton voters would be so angry at this that they could stay home. Which would infect um, the overall polling as to how Sanders would do. Because I'm assuming that current polling that has Sanders beating Trump includes people who voted for Hillary. But people who voted for Hillary could get pissed off if the way Bernie wins is by taking the superdelegates and not having the pledge delegate lead. I, I think it's a dangerous game and I think you, you could potentially lose even more voters than the voters that we lose if Bernie or bust. Which is why I don't think it's a good idea for the superdelegates to go against the will of the pledge delegates because ultimately you're you're you know the person who made the case, the best case is the person who comes into the convention with pledge delegates. And that person um, you know, should get the nomination unless there's something that happens that everybody would be like, look, okay, we get it. That's fine. Hillary Clinton got mad, jumped in a car, and ran over somebody's kid for some whatever reason. Now, okay? I think people would be like, you know what, super delegates, you need to do what you need to do. But I don't think that it's there's going to be many other reasonable and likely scenarios to take place where where people would be like, oh, okay, I'm fine with super doing that. That's cool. Cause just like not, I don't, I know that not everybody is as pragmatic as I am. So the idea that they're going to um, be okay with Bernie flipping the script on everyone is absurd. Anyway. Let's go ahead and take the final commercial break. I'll be coming back. I'll be discussing some of my new projects that I have uh, in the fire. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of discussion about those, um, What you can, you can, know, other ways that you can support me as well. Um, taking your calls, if you want, 347-838-8368. If there could 3478388368. 347-838-8368. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk on the left, that's right. Representation or advice on issues such as family law, bankruptcy law, DWI, or other civil or criminal matters, you need hands on legal advice from someone who will treat you as a priority and not just another number. So call the law office of Sherry I. Sandler at 504 528 9500. That's 504 528 9500. Or email sandlerlaw at cox.net. I trust Sherry with my legal needs, so should you. The preceding ad was an unpaid client endorsement. Do you like fun jewelry? Do you wish you could design jewelry that is designed just for you and that tells your story well with origami owl you can do just that an origami owl jewelry bar is a fun way to get together with your friends hang out and design jewelry there is no pressure to buy but when you host a party either in person or online you have the opportunity to get deeply discounted jewelry based on what the friends you invite to the party purchase if you would be interested in holding a party either online or in person, go to CassieZCharms.OrigamiOwl.com. That is C-A-F-S-I-E-Z Charms.OrigamiOwl.com and contact Cassie today. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, Call the show. Uh, at 347-838-8368. 347-838-8368. And to end the show today, I'm going to be talking about um, some of my new projects that I have going on. Uh, I have my personal blog. I haven't done much with it recently. Uh, I did come in. Uh, I did get honorable mention in a writing contest, and I have yet to throw that story up on there. I need to do that. I probably will do that tonight. Um, so I have that. Uh, that's always going on. But instead of having my personal website be my go-to site for everything, non-family or anything that is family or or ride-sharing or or Nerdy, or a whole bunch of other stuff that I have interest in. Instead of having a, that just be the one-stop shop for everything, I'm basically just going to leave that as my, my writing blog and my personal blog, and, and, but not my gaming blog and not anything else. I'm going to just let that be that. I then am going to I have created two new websites uh, that you can go to. The first one. Being ridesharedan.com. That is ridesharedan.com. All one word, no spaces or hyphens or anything. So, what's ridesharedan.com about? Ridesharedan.com is basically, i it's the idea was spawned, you know, trying to give away promo codes to people. And the problem with promo codes is you, you you're thumbing them, using your thumbs to enter it in the the information that's on, you know, in the promo code, if you haven't clicked the link. Um, and if you type that stuff in. And you could fat finger something. You could you could type something in incorrectly, make a typo. Maybe autocorrect comes in and types a word wrong that was supposed to be spelled one way and spelled another way. So the the um, And then you lose out, you know, people lose out on their starting credit or initial credit. I lose out on, you know, my referral bonus. Not a good thing. Some people in the city have an automated text messaging system where you can give somebody a text message code and they say, okay, you text this code with this, you know, text this code with, you know, this number with this code and you'll get links back. But again, it requires you typing in your code. So that's a weakness. That's a weakness. You have to rely on somebody reliably typing in a code that may or may not be easy. easy. Now with, with Uber, it's like I got mine from a bunch of gobbledygook changed to I wanted it to just be rideshare Dan. But it's Uber rideshare Dan UE or something like that. And that's not good at all. Um, but it's better than what it used to be. So I don't want people to have to write type in with their thumbs and mistype Uber rideshare Dan UE. I also have many other codes for Lyft, and I was a little too late in thinking of the one, but I have have a couple of examples of codes that I could use, that I am using, and instead of having them write in any one of them, even the the one for the podcast that I was going to use for the podcast is LDR, Liberal Day Radio, because apparently you can't use Liberal in the name of a code, weirdly enough. So, Instead of typing on all those things, you can just go to ridesharedan.com, and you can click on the Lyft logo, and it will get you to my new rider page, and you'll get your referral code. You can click on the Uber link, and it will send you over to the new rider page for Uber, and you'll get your referral code, and I'll get credit, and it works great. And everybody I've talked to is like, that's a really good idea. And I'm like, thank you. So there's that. But then... There are other issues. For example, if I'm doing a Lyft guarantee, I don't want people to tip me in Lyft, even though Lyft allows tipping, because if they do, the problem is is Lyft counts that against me. How does that, what do I mean? If a guarantee for Lyft is $30 in an hour, And I get $10 in fares over the course of that hour. Now I would get 20 bucks to make up the difference. Unless I get a $5 tip or $5 in tips from those $10 in rides. Then I only get 25, no, I get $20 from, I would only get $15. So no tip in app, I get 20 bucks from Lyft. $5 tip in in app, I get $15 from Lyft. Meaning that Lyft is punishing me for getting a tip. Well, if I'm in a guarantee, I don't want you to tip me if you're via Lyft's app. It doesn't give me any more money, and it doesn't – all it allows is Lyft. Lyft gets to then get less money or pay out less money. that, That tip is basically going to Lyft instead of going to me. So, And an Uber doesn't even have tip functionality. So I'm going to have it available so my customers can know that if they choose to tip, that they can do so via ridesharedan.com. I made a silly little tip jar. You can clip on a tip jar and you can contribute uh, whatever you think is a fair amount of tip that way. And that way you don't have to carry additional cash. And that way you don't have to worry about them not processing right. And I actually get the money right away or as soon as they would be able to be transferred from PayPal to to me. So, but it's not just going to be about those two things. It's not just a tip jar, it's not just a referral generator website. I'm also making it into a blog, I'm going to, you know, give tips as to, you know, maybe give tips to riders on, on what does your, what bugs you the most as a driver. As a driver, what, what what bugs me the most when it comes to what passengers do? Um, I have had a situation where a passenger has spilled a drink in my car or where a passenger has, you know, puked or peed or pooed or got anything else in my car that would leave a fluid, um, thankfully. Um, they've made out a little bit. A couple of them have made out. That's fine. Um, so, but you know, a lot of the times, you know, I have a van and there are cup holders in the way by way back. And a lot of the times I'll go pick somebody up or drive, go drop somebody off and then I'll have to go immediately to go pick the next person up or I'll get a ride. So I don't have time between rides to clean up after my customers. So the next customer comes in. They see a, a, a can or a bottle or something left by a previous passenger, and they look at me as I'm the mess. So, so maybe there are things that can be said in a nice way to say, "Look, you know, your Uber driver many times does not have, or your rideshare driver many times does not have the ability to clean up after himself, uh, to clean up after you." Uh, when you know he's going from ride to ride to ride when it's very busy. So you don't necess- you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're you're leaving in a mess for your next for the next rider. Do your Uber driver a favor. You know, let them clean clean out your mess. Don't make your car messier than it was when it got in it. and hopefully it wasn't messy at all when you got in it. So, you know, and things like that. So, you know, where you can go to tip me, what you could do as, a, as an Uber driver, you know, should you tip in general? You know, maybe maybe have a discussion on that. Should you be tipping your rideshare driver? are there situations where maybe you tip if there's no surge, but if, you, if there is a surge, maybe you don't necessarily feel as inclined to tip. Like, you know, I always feel happy to get a tip as a, as a rideshare driver, but, I mean, if, if I didn't necessarily blame the people that when I drove them from New Orleans to Hammond during Mardi Gras when it was surging four point five pounds and I got two hundred forty dollars net from that ride, I didn't complain that they didn't tip me. They've already spent three hundred bucks on their ride. I'm not concerned that I didn't get an additional ten bucks on top of it. I made bank off of that trip. But I wasn't about to do that trip for base fare with no surge. That's ridiculous. That's totally ridiculous. Um, so, you know, just maybe ideas like that. You know, just you know, and also driver tips. You know, you know, maybe things that I find as a driver works for other people. And along with that webpage, there's going to also be a a YouTube page as well, and um, where I make YouTube videos, basically talking about the same things that I'm talking about on the blog. So, there's that. Um, The other thing I'm working on, or that I'm going to be starting doing, is as I said before, you know, I'm I'm kind of moving all of the nerdy stuff away from my personal blog and making it into NerdyDan.com. So I have that website, NerdyDan.com. So there, I'll I'll talk about things like, you know, maybe you know, have a YouTube video channel based off of that as well. I think that may be more what I do with that website, with that domain, then I might do that more than I do, um, I might do that more than I do the actual posting, but who knows, we'll see. Maybe I will do some written reviews, but you know, I'd like to do some, you know, I had one Game of Thrones video that I made um, after this last, this last season's finale Um, About my theory about whether or not Jon Snow was going to come back, and I was right. Um, I'm not bragging about it or anything because a lot of people had the same theory that yes, this is what's going to happen, and this is why. Now, of all the videos that I'd seen, I think I actually made the most compelling case of it. I I included everything. I explained not just the the storyline reasons why, but the literary reasons why he should be coming back. You know why. Why would they show a non-important character in Season 3 getting reincarnated, brought back from the dead, if they weren't going to do it with some other character? And, oh, look, somebody else who has the same potential powers is right in the same place where a main character kicked the bucket.
2: Hmm.
0: So, yeah. So, there's that. And, you know, game reviews, maybe some of my, you know, the Ingress game that I play, maybe some of that stuff as well. That'll be more my nerd central type place to... To do, and I'll you know, it, it should also be uh, interesting, and you know, it should definitely be something that that I think can can potentially you know be a good little project. And you know, as always, you know, one of the things that you always hope for is you hope to get you know something that causes everything to be viral, and and so everybody gets it, and but the one thing I hope to not do, and, and I want to keep to this, is I don't want to do it. I want I don't want to make something viral because I'm getting, like, clickbait. And I'm putting, like, oh, this horrible, I'm, I'm saying this horrible thing or this crazy thing or this, you know, that not, has nothing to do with the rest of the article. But it's clickbait. So, come on, see, I hope to not do clickbait. I hope to do it just by quality. And maybe that'll take slower, but... You know, maybe that's the reason, another reason why this has not taken off as much as I'd like either because I don't want to do clickbait. I want people to to start liking on the show because of the content that I give and not because I can come up with some zany, wacky thing. You know, I have managed to get on my Disney website, I have managed to get about a good thousand followers on my on my, uh, on my uh, Facebook page, which is good. I would definitely like to have more, but you know, I have things that I'm thinking about with that as well, and I will... Uh, well, you know I'll continue doing that as well but um, anyway I guess another a funny thing I guess funny little anecdote before signing off one of the funny things that happened with my kids and both my kids I mean you know I am obviously a proud papa but both of my kids are damn smart so um, Adina Menzel or Adele Dazeem was on the radio with my wife in the car and my little three-year-old son uh, he's sitting there and he's hearing uh Adina Menzel uh sing tomorrow. I like, guess you know the sun will come out tomorrow, bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. Just uh, I'm not gonna start singing for you. Um and all of a sudden uh, my my little three year old says, Is that Elsa? And if you don't know, Adina Menzel is Elsa. And so she wasn't seeing anything related to Frozen. She was just somebody singing, but it was the same person who sings voice. And he, she, he was able to pick it out that this was and awesome. I was like, our minds were pretty much blown. So anyway, that's just a little cute story. I thought I might ask right before I end the show. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to be ending normal time, regular time this, this, this evening, not going over, but if you do want to, uh, follow me, you can always follow me at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. You can go to Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan. You can go to liberaldan.com as well. Um, and hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping also to come up with some new video content for YouTube.com slash Liberal Radio as well. Um, so keep, keep your eyes out for that as well. I'll, I'll have that on Twitter and Facebook as well, links to those videos. Uh, anyway, until next week, at 8 p.m. Central on Wednesday. This is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Bane Radio. Talk to the last, that's right.